Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Debbie has been breeding legendary pot strains for decades, farming by day and getting stoned by night, fully expecting to live out her days on the remote homestead she built for herself. But when cannabis is legalized, the fragile balance of her whole idyllic life is thrown into disarray. Forced to confront the rapidly changing realities of the weed industry, she fights to go legal in an increasingly hostile landscape that is threatening her whole livelihood. The film is called Freeland. And uh, we're joined today by the co-directors of the film, Kate McLean, as well as Mario Ferloni. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having us. This is a film that could have been much different. You know, a story about something like pot growing and personalities, kind of uh, big personalities that could have just gone into character and just some very weird places. But this film is just so beautifully grounded in the story. It's really about the story of uh, Devi and the people that she works with and has grown to have, you know, really good relationships with. And, and, and the, you were able to capture the new, the, the ambiance of the world in which she lives. Um, it's just beautifully done. Um, I'll ask, I'll start with you, Kate, what inspired this story? Where did this come from? Well, Mario and I met in journalism school and I grew up in Northern California, not in this world, but kind of a little bit adjacent to it. So the world was not a surprise to me. I I realized I wanted to start making a documentary about some of these things. And I roped Mario in and we made a documentary short together. And then out of that short documentary film, we kind of started dreaming about uh, a narrative and that eventually became Freeland. Yeah, Mario, you, in addition to being the, um, the writer, director, and DP on this, director of photography, again, as I said earlier, that you're able to capture this world in a, in a way that, as someone who's actually been in this area of the world, I'm just, it's, it's really fantastic the way you're able to capture that vibe, that feeling, the, and the look of it, um, tr- you know, just did a tremendous job. Where were you? In terms of you've done this short film about this world, what was the primary thing that you wanted to achieve in the look of this film and and how it fit into the story? Yeah, I, I thank you. Thanks for saying I'm, I'm so I'm so happy to hear that for someone who knows the place, it feels right because that's really what we're going for. I think like the look was not as important as the feel, the vibe. It, it had to feel natural, right? Like, you know, and, and so our whole approach was an approach of like materials available filmmaking. So when we got to a, we, we, we really hunted for the right locations and, and it would often be like, we would be traveling around on this tiny little roads and Kate would be like, Oh, look at the, what, how the light is doing this right now. Like, let's make sure to ride around this, you know, like maybe she can go up this ridge. And so like finding these moments in, in natural beauty, the nature around, but, but also like finding the right locations and, minimally interfering with them you know so we get to a place we'd be like okay we should get take the family photos out the wall but what else can can we leave the things in there can we leave these objects in there and and build our our 
Devi's world around that so that it, you know, it really feels lived in and because recreating that is so freaking hard. It takes like a whole level of crafts that we are in the beginning of our trajectory to do, but to find it and to, and to recognize it the right, as the right feel, as the, as the naturalistic feel, then I think that's what we can bring as, as documentarian. So for, yeah, it was, there's the whole process was that it was like, can we be as simple as unfussy? as like sort of like natural as possible yeah well there's something you do in the, pretty close to the beginning of the film where she's driving through town and you're going past these little businesses these little storefronts and and what most people who live in southern california which is where i live uh would have it, it looks like it could be some other part of the country northern california is really almost another state in relation to the rest of california and and so so you set that up uh, beautifully and um kate you've done the documentary work in the past and this film is this nice hybrid this nice vibe of documentary feel what mario was describing and then these performances that you get from your actors and i i mean how can i talk about this film without mentioning uh Krisha fairchild who uh for people who haven't seen her before you should see this film as well as check out uh Krisha, which is a film uh, that I, I'd never heard of an actor who was the title of a film about a fictional character, but nonetheless, she she's just a remarkable pr presence. And uh, tell me a little bit about what you were collaborating with her on in terms of developing this character. What was what was the essence of what you wanted to get out of her? I think that Mario and I both saw Krisha the film and you know if anybody deserves to be the the title character for their performance it's Krisha in that movie and we thought like this person would be a wonderful collaborator and could carry our whole movie and like that sort of started this long email relationship with her where we went back and forth and talked about the script and talked about the character and talked about her life and her thoughts and she spent a long time really giving us her creative ideas uh about how we could put more meat on the bones of this character and, and how she was thinking about her. And by the time that we finally shot the film, which was years later, I mean, the development process took a long time. When we finally met her, it felt like meeting someone we'd known for a long time, even though we'd never seen each other in person. And kind of, I think everything that Mario and I hoped she would bring, she brought more. It was a real privilege to have her with us, not only as an actor, but really as another person thinking about the story, thinking about the environment, gathering details, you know, yeah. she's amazing. She, be, she became a member of the crew, really. She like, yeah. she really, cause it, our crew is, it was like six people, six of us all coming from dock for the most part. And, and we would, you know, she really became part of the crew. You know, we would have dinners together and, and everybody was talking about the movie, but also talking about life. And I don't know, it was, it was just yeah. a heady time because yeah. everybody was so focused, you know, like on that one thing and giving ideas and talking about the characters and it was, oh, it was such a beautiful time. Yeah. I have to know, was that story about uh, the, uh, the, the, with the shotgun guarding the, the, the house, was that something you guys came up with that almost feels like something that you no. might have experienced. And I don't know why I'm saying this, but it feels like that was a story that may not have been in the script originally. I don't know. Now, that one I stole from a friend of mine, oh, okay. an old, old, old friend of mine, uh, who's also a, 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 a commune person, but in Maine, uh, he grew up in, in uh, did that in Maine. And, um, <laughs> but I think, I think Krisha, 
like Kisha was so like she she immersed herself so beautifully in the character, and she was she went she would go to the farmers market, for instance, during our breaks. And people would like someone tried to pick her up, you know, in this farmer's market. <laughs> and they thought that she was a new, you know, a, a new face in town that they didn't quite know, but they felt like right at home. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, she definitely looks the part of someone who would be there. I mean, that's the yeah. thing about it. It's the whole package. It's 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 her bearing, the way she talks to people. She's very she's very direct without being over overbearing the way she she speaks. And there are points in this film where her performance draws a lot more out of her than that just in terms of the script and what she has to do but she gives us the full range i mean she's a she does and there are other actors in this film uh john craven lily gladstone and frank mosley it's a terrific like, like this vibe just keeps coming back to me you know of the this very easygoing performances that just seem like guys sitting around Cutting up weed. I mean that those that literally does not look very far removed from from the reality that I've witnessed, and it just felt very. This is a just. It's hard to do, you know, for p- filmmakers who. I mean, for people who go to see movies, it's a lot harder to to ha- make this happen than it may look. And you're talking about the set, the vibe on the set that just definitely feels like this was was that. Plus, you're removed generally. You're not in. I would assume you're not in the city. If, if at all, maybe some parts of the all. production you are, but it just felt like you lived there and, yeah. and you made a movie. <laughs> we did. And when we, we were renting up, we we're renting a house, a production house was uh, a, a grower friend um, who had like a whole garage full of, you know, moldy weed that we tossed <laughs> in the river at the end of the morning. You know, there's yeah. like, there's, you know, the, we were, we were completely surrounded and immersed it's a culture i mean it's really something to to come from southern california to spend time up in that area and you're just you're in another place completely but uh, that aside my own personal <laughs> experiences aside i i just i just it's so uh, well done again the film is called freeland and we're talking with the co-directors kate mclean and mario forloni the reaction to the film has been very good you guys have gotten some terrific reviews on this it, i end up i'm sorry for not knowing this this is your first feature right feature you've right. been obviously in the doc world but um again kate just in terms of the the way that you shoot something obviously you have control over a narrative a production but what was different about doing a narrative and sort of getting used to being able to control kind of the action if you will and maybe also Mario chime in on this as well. I mean, it's really, it's interesting because I think in some ways we really wanted to relinquish some of the narrative control in this process. Like what we tried really hard to do was to work in real living locations, to not change very much about what was already there, to try to light in a, in a very simple way using mostly natural light and occasional practicals that, you know, we didn't, so we didn't need to shoot around big lights for the most part. And that enabled Mario to do what he does really beautifully as a doc cinematographer, which is to kind of dance with people and follow their lead without, you know, getting too locked into a specific kind of shot and forcing us into a coverage kind of situation. And instead we could really privilege performances. We could talk with the actors, we could improvise, we could try things and be very loose and then throw them away. And I think in that sense, it was, 
it was doc like in the sense that we were listening and we were on our toes uh, and we were trying things. And then it was narrative like in the sense that we had a script and an outline and then could be kind of listening for the world to come in around us and pivot or change course when something cool happened. Right. And Mario, Mario, to that point, there are pivotal scenes that have to be um, choreographed. And mm-hmm. there are a couple of very key scenes in the film that, I mean, I imagine that was really the most, you have to get it right. You have to get all the coverage you need and all that kind of stuff. But there's there's key scenes. And then there's others. Then there's a lot of, you know, stuff that isn't necessarily as, as locked down, I guess is a word. Yeah, I think what Kate and I tried to do is for every beat, every scene, we would go in pre our pre-production was mostly going into the, all of those and being like, okay, what's the what's this what's the shot that is like really makes this scene and what's the what's the feeling we want to impart, what's the information we want to impart, and what's is there like a main shot here, a main a main way to do this, and then we would build around it and try not to think too much in that kind of like coverage, like I think you know, like you know, like like oh, we're going to start with the master and then we're going to do shot, reverse shot and, and try to think in a, in a more like, okay, what's the essential way to do this? And then what else do we need to, we think we need to tell. And sometimes we would be running really close to not getting enough and, and, and kicking ourselves a little bit in the, in the edit, um, especially when we left it really loose and, and, Suddenly, I realized that I'm like not on axis, you know, and completely dancing on the wrong side of the people. And uh, so we we ran pretty close, and you know, and then we'd be losing light, like, yeah, and that's it. But and, and we didn't have that kind of cushion uh, to. Uh, I mean, we didn't we didn't have a crazy schedule. We really tried to work on a schedule that felt also doc like in the sense of like we schedule things for early in the morning we want to get the the sunset but like but how can we can we give a break here in the middle of the day can we work around like can we do things that make it uh yeah make it doable also to shoot things in in natural light you know All right it it's, look it felt like you shot a lot in the golden hour a lot a fair amount of the film feels like it's this sort of near sunset look to it and but you're in mountainous areas which is another reason why it looks that way right yeah 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 well it's a terrific work congratulations on it and uh, i'll just let people know that this is a film uh, you know about Evie and her life and it's how it's changing and the kind of the industrialization commercialization of the marijuana industry and how it's how it's impacting her and what i like about the film is it leaves you with something to think about in terms of where her character is going and where where she needs to go in order to live her life the way she wants to and just a terrific performance and you 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 guys got so much out of that as well as just the story itself it's a it's a great story and thank you so much for your work here really appreciate your time and again the film freeland and we've been speaking with Kate McLean as well as Mario Forloni. And the film is opening here in Los Angeles at the Lemley Monica Theater so down near the pier in Santa Monica. Great location, great place to see a film. And uh, I strongly suggest you take a look. So thank you both for, for being here today on Film School Radio. So much. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. 
Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.